Hello. Um, welcome to this episode of Finding My Yum. We're so excited to have our first expert on the field, uh, a master certified relationship and dating coach for singles. Her name is Amy Lettingham, and we just had a blast talking to her. She's great. Yeah. Has a lot of great insights. So many great insights and sort of walked us through like what she does with new clients and also how she even got into this field, which is very fascinating as well in her experience. Yeah, I think I think one thing that it's important for us to talk at the top, something that you wanted to hit on as well, that this this one is going to be more skewed towards uh, heterosexual couples, yes. although not entirely. She did say that she she works across the board, but that's kind of how she identifies. Yeah. Um, and also for people looking for like monogamous relationships. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of these principles, honestly, after the interview, I would say probably almost all the principles she talks about applies across the board as well. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of more so, I think, what her. Yeah, I think that's up. like primarily who, who she has dealt with previously. It doesn't mean she's not open to other relationships or um, people as well. But yes, that is a, a good thing to, to bring up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a little bit enlightening, especially since, um, yeah, I mean, last week we talked about like dating apps and I feel like uh, I was sort of doing a casual thing at the end of last year and, um, it, it didn't end as amicably as I would like it to have. So, mm-hmm. I, so I sort of took a little break from the whole thing. And um, Did that start on an app? No. Okay. No. Real life. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so I feel like more recently I've started meeting people in person and, and almost attracting people, I think, that meet more of my needs or, or just meet more of my interests. Um and uh, but but I find what's interesting is there are certain patterns of behavior I am actively trying to get out of, uh, mostly like spinning out about my behavior or like what, like judging, like if I send a text or something like overanalyzing, like what they're going to think or what they're going to do sure. or like, am I desperate or something? And I'm falling into those traps pretty dramatically <laughs> at this moment, unfortunately, but like, yeah, I like sort of, you know, I've started dating and, and seeing like maybe a couple people and um, like one, one in particular, I had the experience where my phone was open and I don't even know how this is possible anymore because we have smartphones and I don't know, it's difficult, but I had like just called somebody. So my recent calls were open. And so I ended up calling this person that I'm seeing accidentally at a time when I didn't want to call him. And (laughs) then like, did he pick up? No. Or did you immediately hang up? I immediately hung up. And then I, I decided not to follow up with a text to be like, sorry, that was a mistake because in my head, I was like, oh, I just don't even want to talk at all. And then maybe it won't actually notify him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, you know, I spent the resulting hour mm-hmm. just like spinning about like, oh, my God, I look so desperate now. And blah, blah. Like, like shoot him a text. I abs- don't want you to think I'm desperate. Yeah. I'm just clearly overreacting. Absolutely to something. ridiculous. You know, and, and, and I was yeah. like with my my roommate, who's my best friend and um, Olga, who will <laughs> be on a future episode. But um, and she was like, you're being absurd uh-huh. like do you, if somebody accidentally called you would you think that they're crazy or desperate and i was like no of course not but you know like my interpretation of men sometimes or the men that i'm interested in is like they're immediately going to decide that i'm a nutcase i remember one time i had uh it was like a very casual like 
flirtatious friendship, some of that we had introduced, like introduced us, like maybe you guys would hit it off or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and I think she was very over it. This was like three or four years ago. Uh-huh. Um, she had gotten drunk one night and she sent me like three messages in a row that were all like somewhat unrelated and I was asleep. And so I didn't respond. Yeah. And then like later on, she told me she felt so like self-conscious about it. Cause she's like, I sent you three messages. And like right. I was, and I was like, Oh my God, how embarrassing is that? And I was like, I didn't, Care. Even think about right. it. I was like, she's drunk. That's cute, or whatever. I know it's so funny because, like, you know, as a normal human being who understands what you know, like other people, you're not quick to make those judgments. But I'm very quick to judge myself. So and that's been a journey and something I've like actively wanted to change, especially since getting out of a relationship. And it's hard. Those yeah. those habits run deep. They do, which I think actually segues well into our conversation with the dating coach. Yeah, exactly. Because she is very much like very much look at yourself first. Yes. Figure out what's important to you, figure out who you are, and then go from there. Yeah. Um and I found it very enlightening. So yeah. I hope you will too. Yeah. Enjoy. Let us know what you think. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me. Ain't got no patience, so let's go. You see me. Look, I'm dying. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Finding My Yum. I'm so excited. We have Amy Lettingham here. She is a master certified relationship and dating coach, um, which is the first sort of expert on the field that we've had on this podcast to date. So thank you. Welcome for uh, being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Everywhere that goes. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so if you just want to like tell me a little bit about yourself and how you sort of became a master certified relationship and dating coach, I'd love to hear that journey. Yeah, you know, it all started, well, I was in the corporate world for so many years and I was working as, I would say, a professional business salesperson, right? And so my journey into dating was really hard. And I'm the fixer all my life when I was a kid. Um, I've always like sat next to my dad to try to fix things. And I realized like when I was younger, my parents were like fighting all the time and the relationships were fighting. They were always fighting, you know, and um, they came here when they were 19 from Vietnam. Oh wow! So they didn't really have any role models. And uh, it was hard because I didn't have any role models when it came to relationships. It was really difficult. Did they both come here together? No, they came separate. Okay, they met And they here. found each other, but they knew each other back in Vietnam. Oh, wow. That's the cool story. Yeah. But they were two 19-year-olds trying to make it work. And then my mom and dad got married at 21. And so um, just a lot of push and pull. And that's what I started translating love to be. Mm-hmm. And so, and I started kind of being the mediator between my parents too. So that fixing personality has always been in me and that's what brought me into my um, career. And then I said, you know what, I'm struggling in dating. Everything I'm doing doesn't work. And with this journey with my parents and all this stuff, I'm like, and my last relationship was horrible. Like he literally tore my heart apart. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to like learn how to date. So I started studying because they don't teach you this in school. Yeah, of course. They don't teach any of this stuff. Studying and learning about relationship skills. And then I found my love of my life. And because of that, I wanted to share that with other people and give them hope. And that's why I became a relationship coach. So I guess uh, my question is, like, what was the impetus? Like, what, what did you identify initially when you were looking for relationships or dating while you were in the corporate world that wasn't 
working for you. Yeah, because I have a lot of questions around that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because you know, again, I didn't have role models like my parents. So I was a latchkey kid and I relied on television. Mm -hmm. And so media, television, and you have this prince that you're supposed to find, your charm, Prince Charming. And so literally... And just to clarify, are you an only child? I was okay. for a long time. Not I am not, but it was 11 years oh, wow. by myself. And then I have a brother. Got it. But um, literally, <laughs> my Prince Charming, what I learned was he needs to be educated like me, right? Because I went to college. Um, he, I wanted somebody that did well for themselves financially because that's what I did. And then I needed to have chemistry with this guy. And uh, he needed to be charming and funny. Like, that was my, my list. That was my checklist. Well, I got that. I did. But then six months later, I'd start to unveil this personality. And, you know, even though he was financially sound, he was actually, or financially wealthy, he was actually very irresponsible. And so I started noticing I was basing everything on superficial qualities. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then also just to clarify, because we didn't do this, so you your preference is men, you're, you're heterosexual, you identify as heterosexual. Correct, okay. correct. But I do work with everyone. Sure. Like, yeah. So um, that was the impetus, actually, when I kept seeing a pattern of me choosing people based on superficial qualities and then getting my heart broken as I, you know, the three to five months mark. Mm. It seems like the relationships always end. So that that was the process of me going, hey, I need to start working on myself because I can't keep doing this. I want to find love. I'm in my 30s and I don't I've never been married and I don't want to stay this way for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Uh, can I ask? I, I'm interested in um, it seems like you had this journey of like you decided you needed to fix yourself on uh, on the relationship side of things. And yeah. then. Is that what turned, like, after you did that, is that when you started being like, I can help other people too? Or was it kind of at the same time? Or That's actually it, yeah. Like, I realized I was a common denominator Mm -hmm. in all my relationships, so I had to learn the skills to change. And when I did that, um, and I saw the change, within a short time of dating again, like, after years and years of struggling, after the third, about third date, um... I approached it in a different way. I was more conscious, mindful, and aware. I knew what kind of things I was looking for, like my non-negotiables in a relationship, my needs, like my life vision, so that I could actually ask questions Mm. to someone across from me and screen them before I invested my heart. Mm. And I think that, I don't think we do that enough. I think we kind of just go in going, hey, you're really cute. You're really fun and we like the same things, but we're not really getting to the core values of how we align. Yeah. So I know that those are some of your principles and I'm excited to get into that. But in terms of your uh, personal journey of self-reflection and sort of uh, almost self-inventory of, you know, what am I bringing to the table and how am I operating so that I'm attracting these sort of people what was that specific journey like before you moved into your certification and sort of that process of learning how to help other people yeah I mean I like I said I struggled a lot and um I think I've dated players at first you know people that just like over promised under delivered and they just the luring charm um and then I would always believe what they said, you know, because I, I just saw the best in people. And I think 
that really played a part in me constantly getting my heart broken. Um, and then the other part was I started to fix and rescue the men I was, da- was dating because I was like, well, if I can't get anyone to emotionally commit, this guy really, really wants me, but he's missing some of these things. Maybe I can help change him. <laughs> Absolutely. And that never works, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, and then it got to the point where I was like, I just want to give up. I just, I don't even want to date anymore. I just, so yeah. And that would go for like two, three months and then I'd get lonely again. And then this guy would chase me and then I'd go back into falling into the better than nothing relationship. So that was kind of my whole entire process before all this change. Right. And then when, because I feel like, so I haven't found the love of my life. Um, and I actually don't even necessarily know what that looks like anymore. But I do know that from I got out of a relationship a year ago and it was it was the relationship was a good growing experience, but it was a rather traumatic breakup. And and there was a lot of ups and downs with what I was willing to put up with and what I believe that I deserved. And I think that's been a big conversation for me over the last year is what am I? what do I think I deserve? What Mm -hmm. kind of partner, how am I allowing somebody to treat me? What have I said yes to in terms of, um, almost like my worth and, and, and my insecurities, I feel like come up so much in partners that I see and I attract people that just sort of give off the same energy as I do. So if I'm, you know, feeling really down and I don't feel very good about myself, I find people to sort of validate that and to, to confirm the things that I want. Like I find evidence to support sort of how shitty I feel or that I'm not worthwhile or I'm not worthy or something like that. Did you encounter some kind of breakthrough in that in your decision to be like, these are the people I'm attracting, this is what I'm putting up with, and then now I'm no longer going to do that through whatever method you found was useful for you. Absolutely. I think everything that we do is surrounded by our beliefs, our internal beliefs, the inner critic, um, our child, you know, voice. And mine was definitely, you know, me and my father didn't have a great relationship Mm -hmm. uh, growing up. We have one great, a great one now, but it took a lot of time. But I always process from the negative, like I was never worthy enough. Now, I didn't say that out loud, right? I said it by my actions, like settling for people or choosing wrong people. Can you clarify what process from the negative is? Because I actually love that, but I just love a little more clarity. Yeah, limiting beliefs are what they are, is that we have, to me, we have an inner voice inside of us, that's the positive voice, and we have our inner critic, which Mm. is the negative limiting belief, you know, that tells us we're not good enough, we're never going to find anyone, we need to settle. And like to your point, our brain has to actually, and there's been studies done around this, is that we actually look for things to validate that, right? And so part of us, because we don't have the awareness and we're not mindful enough with our thoughts, we're running on autopilot and we're allowing our thoughts dictate our choices rather than us slowing down and going, wait, is that really true? You know, and so um, most of us are walking around like that. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, don't quote me on this, but I was just talking to a friend. She's like, you know, 10% of the world is only conscious and aware um, and mindful about um, the choices they make or even open to personal development. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's been a personal journey of mine is like, 
identifying what those limiting beliefs are. And I think they're so insidious sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. They they masquerade as these very sort of draw a line in the sand, like they're absolutes, like nothing can change. And it's not until you have people who start questioning them or you allow yourself to question them that you can sort of see that anything is really possible. And, and our brains are brilliant in creating sort of this facade that we can operate in so that we can operate in the world um but yeah that's wonderful so okay so you so you recognize that your your pattern of dating is not useful and it's 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 not leading to what you want which is ultimate partnership and marriage and absolutely yeah so at that point do you go to therapy do you start going to a dating coach yourself do you like what was the choice then to make a change well, after the last breakup, right, mm-hmm. he was cheating on me. And it was, again, a pattern of other exes doing the same thing. Oh, so I'm okay. like, all right, it's time to start looking at myself. Um, I started reading books. And I started going, doing exactly what a lot of the singles I work with do is going to workshops, do you know, um, t- looking at YouTube coaches, dating coaches. I was, like, searching out everything and uh, I actually went to a personal development class too. And, um, and then I actually added therapy along with it because I think you need to heal mm-hmm. and create self-awareness and also learn the skills to move forward. Totally. Yeah. So I did everything I could and I took note of the things that I started noticing more and more and more that I had more control and I didn't know I had, con- I had a choice. Mm. most of us don't realize we have a choice sure yeah yeah I, I think that made me think of something earlier when you were talking about it too it's just like we go we're on, on the 10 percent of people are conscious of what they're doing every day it's like i don't think about getting up and getting in my car and driving to work it's just the things that i do every day and you fall into this habit yeah and this pattern and then it's like and then i'm on tinder and i'm swiping on these things and i'm saying hey or whatever and it's like there's got to be a better way to shake that up especially if you're not getting the results that you want um absolutely so you um was there a particular book also that you found like useful initially when you were reading yeah you're gonna laugh but (laughs) (laughs) no i'm excited (laughs) the book was called why men love bitches oh funny i love that book and it is a total spin it sounds like you're you know this diva but it's not it's literally about women and just being empowered and being authentic and genuine. And, you know, to me, I don't know if you know Brene Brown. Mm, she's amazing. She's also a TEDx speaker and she's um, teaches a power of vulnerability. And uh-huh. vulnerability is like owning your truth, your flaws, just you, right? And sometimes people are not going to like you. And that's okay. We want to filter out the people that aren't a good fit for us by being ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite books because of that. That's amazing. Just talking on vulnerability, I, um, I'm i an actor and I take acting class every week. And my teacher, one of the things that we talk about in terms of scene study, but also in life is the most vulnerable person in the room wins. And I've, I've held on to that so dearly for the last year because it's true. Like, regardless of whether... It doesn't work out how you want. When you come heart forward and open and vulnerable, you have an experience. And so regardless of the outcome, like 
you've experienced something, you've learned, you've grown, you, you know, you've had something happen, whereas people who aren't vulnerable don't have an experience and they do remain on autopilot and they're not really enjoying life or enjoying that experience to the fullest extent, no matter whether it's positive or negative or however you interpret it. Well, they say vulnerability creates uh, connectivity. It creates a connection. Mm. So that's why being vulnerable, it's almost like people can step into your emotions and have empathy and you do for them too through your story. Mm -hmm. So it's such a powerful and important thing with dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to, because I wanted to follow up on that too, because you were earlier talking about how you wanted to, and like how you moved from being vulnerable early on perhaps to uh, now screening like obviously you're you're not in that world anymore but that's kind of what helped you get to where you needed to go so how do you balance that like getting to know somebody new but also wanting to be vulnerable and, and, and connect with them uh, like what's the on, on the first date should I bring that kind of stuff up or well good good question I think you unpack things slowly right but I think at the end of the day when you first meet someone um, in the past it was always I, I fell into what I call the marketing trap which is like, he's really cute. He has like some of the check marks that I like. So I'm going to like morph myself into what he likes mm -hmm. so that he can like me more. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, or what you think he, he wants. wants. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm not being my authentic self or real or anything. So when I say vulnerability, I'm not talking about like dumping like all your stories on someone. <laughs> it's sure. really about like owning, um, your personality even if it if it you don't think that guy's gonna like that specific thing it's like being real and authentic um I think you have to do that first at first and at the get-go and there are certain things that like let's say maybe you have two you know um kids or you got married super young and you were divorced and maybe you're ashamed of it I don't know I've had clients tell me that's that they have shame around that and I don't know why because you just have to own that you experienced something and you learned um so I think sharing that information and if somebody goes and looks at you and judges you for it that tells you that they're they're, they're not somebody that should be in your life yeah so it has to be on like the get-go the first date so um in terms of so once you went through your own personal journey, what was the decision to then help other people or what drew you to this field yeah. as a career? Um, actually, what happened was I was working in corporate America, I told you. Mm -hmm. Somehow my desk had a seat put right next to it and all the girls in my office would end up coming to my seat and talking to me about dating. That's so cool. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And two of them ended up getting married. They had the same struggles I had. And they both ended up getting married. And then at this time, I already had met uh, my husband. And I I asked him, I'm like, you know, I, I never got to really live my passion. I mean, I love working in sales. It's a job. But um, would you be open to me, like, taking a look at and pursuing this and seeing if it, I can do something? Because I really want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what I did. I started going to get training. I got certified and all that jazz. Uh, and then I just started going out in the world while I was doing my job, working full time and helping other people. And I started seeing that it was making an impact. And I'm like, this is right. This feels right. I'm going to do this. And then I quit my job six years ago. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. wow. 
that. I mean, that's huge. You say you do. Uh, it's mostly virtual, right? So does yeah. that mean you have clients like all over the world? I do. You, I've been. We've talked a little bit about this. We were curious as to how like dating is different, not in the states. Oh yeah, other yeah. That's definitely something that we wanted to explore because yeah. we think like there's a particular. Different. Yeah, I think there's a particular. Western idea that has sort of permeated the world, but the United States is very different than the rest of the entire world. So, absolutely. I let's see. I have client. I have a client in India. Wow. Uh huh. And they do definitely date differently. So I'll share that. I had a client in Romania and Ireland. Wow. Yeah, and the one in Ireland just got engaged. Oh, so that's really cool. cool. Um. So, uh, in India, it's more of um. A matchmaking type of experience but it's through um they have a bio it's kind of like a dating profile but it's through families and friends oh interesting and so they have everything listed down to what kind of food because their diets are very different based on areas that they live in and they have to be in certain you know um sex uh so it depends on where they're located uh, they have to date certain people in that little region or area too. Well, oh, at wow, least the person that I, yeah. at least the person I'm working with. I don't know if that's true for everyone. Sure. That was that experience. Yeah, my experience. Um, but uh, it's really interesting because we worked on just again the values, non-negotiables. Because she's actually, even though she's from India, she's very, her mindset is very Westernized. She's like, I don't want to just get married because I'm supposed to get married. I want to get married because I love the person. Our values align. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we developed for her. And so she's approaching it in a more mindful, conscious way, I would say. So when you get a new client, what what is the process that you take them through? or what, and, and what is sort of your way of coaching and, and leading a single person to ultimately whatever they want, which I imagine is is partnership at the end. Yeah, the interesting thing is no matter uh, where they live, it's usually an overarching um, story of the fact that we're none of us were taught relationship skills, right? So the first thing I do is I give them an assessment so that they can figure out what areas they're really they're strong in mm-hmm. and areas they need to develop. Um, I find that communication and conflict is like the big number one thing people fight or flight a lot so they don't know what healthy conflicts look conflict looks like yeah so that's number one and then the other thing is I start noticing that um again like myself going for the superficial stuff uh a lot of people don't know their core values what's okay and what's not so they overwrite their own things that they're non-negotiable about and then they get very resentful and then they start fighting with their partner or trying to change them so it's about getting clear about those areas, and then um, I help them develop a relationship plan. So it's like, you know, having a blueprint before you build the house. It creates a stronger foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in terms of healthy conflict, yeah. what does that look like? I think healthy conflict is actually expressing your emotions, feeling. Uh, I think when people t- tell me they don't fight, at all they never talk about their feelings to me i'm like that's dangerous yeah my parents didn't fight oh so, gosh, but yeah. i felt very similar to the way your story yeah know, except my parents didn't fight and they got divorced so yeah like you know it's it works both ways right, right, right. yeah you don't know oh, what, that is fascinating and they just put it all 
below. Yeah. They kept it. Yeah. I guess just didn't really talk or, or open. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in their relationship. And if you're listening to this mom and dad, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> uh, but that's the what it seemed like, at least to me. Yeah. My parents got divorced very young. So, uh, yeah, they were divorced by the time I was four. Um, yeah. And, and they, they fought a lot. And so, I mean, growing up with essentially a single mom, my dad was sort of in and out. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like we all sort of learn conflict in a very interesting way, right? Like our parents are sort of the formidable ones. And you learn skills I think the most interesting thing I realized is like as kids, we learn defense mechanisms that are useful when we're kids, when we don't have a choice, right? You have to make these choices. You have to be able to protect yourself. But then we carry them into adulthood, into situations where we're no longer unsafe. We can make other choices where we don't have to keep putting ourselves in the same situations where I have to use the same defense mechanisms that I've developed because I can make new choices. I can be in safer environments. I can surround myself by people who don't treat me the same way or don't come up with the same kind of issues. You know, you something you brought up is very important, actually, and that, actually, that translates to even careers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I always use an example because, like, one of my clients is a doctor, for example, and her, she's always fixing people. So her, and she, that's what made her successful, right? So when she gets in a relationship, that's her automatic response to do. And I'm like, think about a drill sergeant. They're really good at their job, but you wouldn't want that skill in a relationship, right? right? Right, right. I'm like, you got to really take a look at some of your strengths or your weaknesses in, in personal relationships. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And so in terms of a relationship blueprint, that sounds very interesting. <laughs> I imagine it looks very different for most people, but um like what what does that look like in terms of when you're when you're working with somebody and how does that translate into real life and like looking for a partner who's a good fit? Yeah, so it really comes down to um when the, when we do, built the blueprint, it creates a vision of their ideal partner and ideal relationship. Uh, ideal relationship. So they're clear about it's. And I'm going to use this metaphor because I think it's the easiest way to explain it. It's like before you make the job available, you need to have a job description. Uh-huh. Sure. Right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So now they have the clear vision of that job description, and they're like they go out set out to date, and they start asking important, valuable questions that start unveiling whether this person sees life the same way they do. Are they on the same path? And believe it or not, those questions actually create a lot of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then it creates a deeper connection. And you'll see, like, I have them date maybe about four to five people at the same time. And when I say date, I'm like, they're just meeting up with them and hanging out and just getting to know them. And then one will start actually shining from the rest, you know, and outshine the rest because their values and all those things do align. And then it just, you know, to me, I think, um, and I relate it back to corporate America. I'm like, you got to give them 90 days (laughs) because people tend to get relaxed. They show their flaws. You get the real self at that point. And then you're like, does their actions match their words? Right. And that's why that's the whole process. I'm realizing why I'm so bad at dating. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm serious. I mean, it's a joke, obviously, but like, uh, but it's true though, because like I spent like so many of the dates I go on don't get anything below like 
oh, did you see this new Netflix show? Like, yep. which is makes for delightfully oh, that's so funny. I get so deep immediately. Yeah. That's I get like I mean, we someone, go real. <laughs> if someone took me there, I'd be happy to go there. But yeah, I, I that's don't. My I don't navigate it that way. Yeah. So I will have to start trying that. Yeah, and I think, like you said, you go deep, right? Mm-hmm. And because I think it's fascinating, and I think like. I think human beings are so interesting and, and the way they operate and sort of where they come from. And so I want to know that like, immediately. <laughs> so you're curious. Yeah. Now, would you, I'm just going to ask on the coaches, yeah. coaching side, do they do the same to you? So that's interesting. So the people that do engage with me and are, well, I'm getting better about this. I think I've had a pattern of of being with people who are truly not very good listeners, um, which is interesting because I think that that's sort of been a thing in my life of like I just haven't been heard. Uh, And so I think that that's come up a lot. But now as I'm being more conscious, I think um, people who do engage with me and who are willing to be vulnerable and sort of allow me to speak and ask questions and then also like show a little bit about themselves. Those are the people I'm interested in continuing. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want to look for. Mm-hmm. Cause it shouldn't be one sided. Right. No, exactly. I mean, I definitely, I'm a little bit of a motor mouth, so I like, you know, and then I ask a lot of questions and I just like, wait, but, um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so non-negotiables. Let's yes. talk about that. So what, what, what does that, mean when you're coaching somebody in terms of that what what does that look like I mean is it like oh he doesn't or she or she doesn't make less than you know 50,000 or they gotta be fit or is it more um sort of I don't know they're honest and they're they you know they are vulnerable and they're driven yeah so non-negotiables are deal breakers right in a relationship you have to have them all met in order for the relationship to work when I work with clients, it usually comes out to about 10 to 15 of them. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like a lot, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It's not the superficial qualities, right? It's not tall, drives this car, this handsome. Um, it is really about the core values that you need to have aligned with your partner, for example, in, in order for the relationship to work. Uh, for example, um, you know, children. Right. Having wanting to have children in the future, you can't have half half a child. It's like either you're in or you're out right, right. or, um, you know, and it's subjective because like I work with clients. I have clients from, you know, all sorts of different religions and they'll say, I want someone that's a Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, tell me what that looks like, because one person that says they're a Christian they never go to church. They just go maybe once or twice a year. Sure. And the other person goes every Sunday, reads the Bible every Sunday. And so if we say, if we're dating someone and they say they're Christian, we just go, okay. And then our values, the way we view that non-negotiable is different. We're going to be fighting. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's that in-depth and mindful that you have to like clearly define what that vision looks like for you. And then when you're sitting on that date, you know, I don't tell you to interrogate the person, <laughs> take out your list of 15 and be like, okay, let's go down this list. Have you ever, seen, really the, you go to church? Have you ever seen the ugly truth? No. no. Um, it's, it's an amazing movie. What is, uh, what's her name? Oh God. Now the guy from 300 and the woman from, uh, knocked up. <laughs> all names. Sure. Great. I, I, I'm Anyways, in the very opening scene is she basically like brings out her list and like her checklist <laughs> and she starts like, 
you know, checking people off. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, if you could get away with that, you know, how useful would it be? I had a, a client that told me what she used to do is she used to cut up the different things that she wanted and put it in her purse and she would make it a game and pull it out and ask the guy questions about it and it turned every guy off. I was about to say, I feel like, I feel, what? I, this is I the worst job so interview. Funny. I mean, I feel like if you told me beforehand, I want you to do this too, then I'd be like, okay, it's a game. Yeah, it's a game. But, yeah. No, she just, she's like, okay, let's get started. It was right. <laughs> Yeah, because this is important business. It is. I only have a couple of hours. Yeah, I have very limited time. I need to know whether you're in or out. Yeah. You're in or out, so but yeah. Um, I th- oh, there's something that I find really interesting because I think um, I've been attracted to people who I have like that insane fire and spark with. Yeah. Um, and my last relationship was that. I mean, it was like unbelievable fire, and then in a lot of ways we were not compatible, and it led to a lot of hurt, and we sort of stayed in it longer than we should have because there was just an, an immense amount of chemistry. Um, so in terms of, of that and sort of navigating that, because I think that that can be very misleading. Yeah. But there's also needs to be a little bit of that, obviously, because there, you know, if I think if there's not that, it's just friendship. Yeah. So in terms of like navigating that and helping clients through that, what, you know, what do you feel around that or, or how do you help them sort of decide is this useful or is this not useful? Actually, there's a whole section in my my program, my conscious dating program. Um, it's called "Learn the Science of Love." Mm. And have you guys heard of Dr. Helen Fisher? No. Okay, you're gonna have to Google her. She's amazing, but she actually studied uh, our b- brain chemistry and what happens when we meet someone. And there's three stages of attraction. It's like, you know, um, lust in the beginning. Um, I think attraction and then attachment. Mm -hmm. And so our bodies literally, it's the biology of the body to want to jump into that chemistry piece to procreate. And what we have to do is know that that exists, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to say, okay, you're hot. I know that. I know that I want to jump your bones. (laughs) But I'm going to slow down because I want this to be for the long haul. Right. Because listen, if he meets or she meets your non-negotiables and has your core values and all that stuff and then you jump each other's bonds, it's even better, you know. (laughs) So it's about slowing down. It's And I always use that term, slow down to speed up, Mm -hmm. because the one thing I used to do is just speed up and then it would slow down the process of finding that person because I just jumped into a relationship. Um, So if you slow down and you really screen and vet you can actually speed up and find that right person much quicker. Sure. Yeah. In terms of casual dating, um, I mean, I imagine if you're, if you're guiding your clients to sort of date four or five people, that creates like a casual atmosphere with multiple people, which I actually find very difficult to do. Four mm-hmm. or five sounds like mind-blowing um <laughs> you I, can do three it's fine i just don't have that much time and so like you know what i mean like they like it sounds like an ideal world i guess but um yeah i th- i think casual dating so interesting right because i don't know it depends on how you go into it whether you bring in the physical aspect like when that comes in and 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 how you move forward so do you give guidance in terms of that or 
Yeah, when I say four to five, I'm talking about going like four to five dates, like once, you know, within the month, you know, just to get out there. Um, But for the most part, you're going out with them for a couple of dates. And then you're like, I usually say the three date rule. It's like, do I see myself dating this person for the next six months? No. If I don't, I'm just going to end it and move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's about um, navigating and being clear about what works and what doesn't and being able to release and let go. Even when someone's chasing after you, showering you with like, oh, you're the one. I I mean, it feels good. Trust me. (laughs) It's like a high. But you have to know your non-negotiables aren't being met. So don't waste your time. right? Right. Just let it go. This person maybe doesn't want a long-term relationship. They just want to have fun. Yeah. So don't waste your time. Yeah. Amazing. Well, do you have any last pieces of advice for singles out there who are looking for partnership and long-term monogamy, I imagine? (laughs) You know what? Um, Number one is don't be hard on yourself. All of us are in the same place. Uh, Whether somebody found someone or not, hasn't found someone yet, Um, the thing that sets everything apart is just creating learning lessons from the experiences we have Mm. and, uh, not moving, repeating the same mistakes and being more mindful and conscious to choose something that aligns with you truly and absolutely a hundred percent authentic. Do not ever have shame with being yourself. I love that. That's great. Um, where can people find you if they want to get coached or... Yeah. Um, I offer a free relationship readiness review, and that's where I provide an assessment for my clients. Um, They can visit me at amythedatingcoach.com, and we'll talk to see if, you know, I can find uh, ways to help them. Uh, And if they want, I have an ebook on my site there, too. Amazing. And then um, you are on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on all of them. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Amy. the dating coach. Yes, absolutely. Thank Perfect. you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel more enlightened. I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I feel like we should take the relationship readiness oh, thing should. too. And I'm sending oh it to you guys for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, and then we can talk about it. We'll do that in the outro. We'll yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. tell people how it went. Oh so. my gosh. Awesome. Okay, totally. that's a great idea. Yeah. Yes, cool. thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having uh, me. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love Amy Lettingham. You should definitely check her out. Um, as promised, we did the relationship readiness assessment. We did, and we now did. we know if we're ready for a relationship. Yeah, it is wonderful, actually. It is free, um, and it's pretty eye-opening. There are 10 different sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and Probably about like six to seven questions in each. Yeah. doesn't. It's like basically yes or no, and I believe she said, only really put a yes if you're like 100% sure on the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then you tally up like how many essentially check marks. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then at the end, there's sort of your own assessment of like, what are your strongest areas? What need improvement? Uh, what do you need to learn more about? And then what are five things that could interfere with the future success of your relationship? And then what are five goals? Uh, so it's it's actually very useful and insightful Yeah. And and very focused on your own emotional journey. <laughs> Absolutely. You almost, yeah. I mean, I feel like I would 
So you almost need to be ready to take the ready to, the relationship readiness <laughs> test, right? Yeah, you got to be really honest. Yeah. It even says like consult other people yeah, right. so that like, you're no, really honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, well, so my results, my strongest areas, which is interesting. And I also think, um, I sort of knew this, but my strongest areas are in terms of like knowledge and uh, awareness of my needs, mm-hmm. my relationship history and patterns, mm-hmm. my community, and my relationship plan, uh, which I think is is pretty accurate. Um, there was also a lot of things as I was going that I was like, oh, I'm really actively working on this, but I'm not <laughs> I had fully doing thing. it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm not implementing all of these things in my life or like sure. these boundaries or, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, that's interesting that you feel like you have a a strength in your relationship plan that, that does kind of check out to me too because it seems like you know kind of what you want I yes think. i do you know, yeah yeah i have a pretty you, good idea like i think my idea of relationships and partnership in general is changing but i think i i have a solid idea of at least what i would like a partner to bring to my life yeah okay i think that's it and i still believe in marriage um and and i still want to have kids right yeah so you so. still find that yummy I found that still yummy. Yeah. I mean, this is nice because it does sort of identify like not in terms of like sexual preferences or whatever, but like the yums that make your heart beat and like make you want to connect to somebody else. If you know what they are. Yeah. Right. 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 And that's the the thing I ran into, which was like one of the things that I was very weak in was like my vision and values because I never really spent time thinking about them. And like I'm your vision for your own life. For your own life. Yeah. 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 And then also like your values is what you value in yourself and what you hold true and kind of what you're looking for in other people. And I was like, I have a more clear idea about my vision now than I did three years ago, two years ago even, but I'm still figuring it out. Um, I think one of the questions was like, do you live in the city you want to live in or something or or something along those lines? I was like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I'm still figuring that out too. Yeah, it is interesting. But, but there is, you know, I, I was reading, I've been reading this book for way too long, but it's a it's essentially, excuse me, the original secret. Mm. Um, uh, and it, it really talks about like manifestation about how, like if you're so clear and you have such a strong belief, um, there's a science that's called noetics that is essentially, putting science to sort of the the idea that thoughts have mass that affect change. Mm. So when you, you this. Yeah, 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 so when cool. you solidify and really clarify what you want and need, mm-hmm. it's there it's more likely to appear, obviously, because okay. you're attracting it. It's the law of attraction. And yeah. it talks about this in the readiness uh, relationship. Yeah, it did. There were a few things I was like, I don't too. know what that is. But yeah, that makes sense, right? I think that was in there. Yeah, um, the law of attraction is you know, whatever vibration you're at and whatever your, however you perceive of yourself, that's what you're going to attract in other people, right? Sure. So if you're super insecure and you don't think you deserve something wonderful or you th- you're you still in that mindset or those patterns where you think that, you know, you deserve somebody who doesn't treat you the way that you want, sure. that's what's going to show up mm. because that's what you feel like you deserve. And, and man, have I... <laughs> You know, you battle right. it. It's a ba- sure. it's a big battle. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting for me. I found that I was strong in uh, like knowing and recognizing my dating patterns, but bad, ah. but weak in my relationship patterns. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, I know how to date, but I'm not great at like the relationship side. You know what's funny? I'm opposite. Yeah. I was strong in my relationship history and patterns, and I was need improvement in my dating body <laughs> because I realized like because a lot of the questions I couldn't say 100% yes to was right. like I I put up with a lot and sure. I don't step away when I know it's not right yeah yeah 
Yeah. And that's something I'm actively working on. But yeah. it's woof. It's hard and it feels scary. Like when you find that one, when you find one person that's like willing to hang out with you, <laughs> you're like, oh no, God, I got to totally hang out to this person because there's nobody else. You know, like my brain, I, I mean, had to like actively switch out of that For the mode. longest time, my highest thing that I like, the thing that I, my, the thing that I like the most about someone else is if they liked me. Like that. Uh, right? it, yeah, I'm not there anymore, but it used to be like, <laughs> totally. oh, you like me? Great. I'll put up with whatever. Totally. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah. it's a, yeah, it's like a lack thereof mindset. It's yeah. like, yeah, a limiting belief. But um, yeah, I, what did I say I need to learn more about? Oh, setting effective boundaries, expressing my needs, and like saying goodbye to people who are not a fit, which is, yeah, what That's I already good. said. Yeah, but, I, I felt like I just need to learn more about myself in general. Like, Which is, yeah, yeah that's yeah. very, like which I, is amazing because that's true. It's the first step. Yeah, I was I, I was strong in like community and communication and mm-hmm. stuff because I feel like I'm somebody that tries to know what's going on around them. Sure. But like, the, you know, not to be like too touchy-feely or cliche, but it's like one of those things where yeah, I got to look at myself too and figure out what it is that no, I'm... No, I don't think that's cliche at all. I think that is like, and overwhelmingly what I appreciated what Amy said was yeah. it does. It all starts with you. Yeah. Um, and building from there. So check it out. If yeah. you do take the readiness assessment, let us know your results. Um, we are always looking for new people to bring on as guests. So email us at findingmyyum at, at gmail.com. Gmail. And then make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at findingmyyumpodcast. Uh, and then... Rate us, review us. Rate us, review us, please. Yeah. Before we go, quick question. Do yeah. you feel like you're ready for a relationship after that assessment? Um, I feel like I'm getting closer. Sure. Yeah. I don't think I'm like ready, ready right now, but I I feel the same way. At least I know the steps to work on now. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and like truly this podcast is like such a journey because I've learned there's so much out there and I really don't know all of my, and we're about to get into like some of that. We've got some yummy stuff next week. Um, it's pretty it's pretty juicy and vulnerable and like all the stuff. So make sure to tune in uh, with a special guest and um, we'll see you then. Sounds good. So let's go. You see me. Look, I'm diadrama. Wanna spend the night, don't bring pajamas. Men, there's so much heat beneath these clothes. clothes.